The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. For a second, please. We're in a cultural war. Cultural war. How do you think you are talking to me like that? I resent the fact that your implication that only you are a Canadian. The culture war is back, 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 back. All right, we're back into it. Everybody's back this morning, Tuesday already to start the work week, and that means the culture war after nine o'clock. And joining us this morning, good to see him back, the Reverend Joe Boot, senior pastor at the Westminster Chapel here in Toronto. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, John. Good to be back. Yeah, long time no see, and Greta Voss. I guess ditto for you, minister at the West Hill United Church and founder of the Center for Progressive Christianity. Yes, it's good to be back. It's nice to have everybody here and assembled. Morning, Greta. Especially with the big news late last week as uh, I came back home to uh, understand that the Defense of Marriage Act, which is an American act that basically uh, looked at marriage between a man and a woman as being the model to uh, be defended, even... Barack Obama uh, originally in his first incarnation as president supported such and then uh, I guess we sort of recanted on that. But uh, the Supreme Court came out with a ruling in favor of same-sex marriage and said that, uh, you know, all rights have to be accorded. And so uh, they struck down the DOMA, as it was, Defense of Marriage Act, as being unconstitutional. And uh, many people are happy with that development, not least of whom are the polygamists. Uh, One such is quoted Ann Wilde, a vocal advocate for the polygamist rights who practiced the lifestyle herself until her husband died in 2003, so I guess now it's back to monogamy, uh, which may mean monotony to her. But uh, she praised the court's decision as a sign that society's stringent attachment to traditional family values is evolving. I'm very glad, she says, the nuclear family with a dad and a mom and two or three kids is not the majority anymore. She's glad for that development. Reverend Joe Boot, uh, how do you feel about this, uh, striking down the Defense of Marriage Act? Well, I would say that it's not the question of whether it's evolving. We're devolving back to a, uh, a pagan understanding of um, uh, marriage and the family. Um, first of all, um, M- Moses, who's carved into the walls of the Supreme Court there uh, with the Ten Commandments, would be less than happy with this uh, decision. The purpose of, of uh, DOMA uh, was actually to um, provide the federal government. When people started, uh, the, the state started playing around with the definitions of marriage, They wanted to provide some kind of uh, definition so that in the case of taxes and social security, they could actually understand who was to be taxed what. And uh, marriage, they recognized, as has the Supreme Court for the last 125 years, case after case after case, where they've referred to traditional family uh, marriage and procreation, um, has uh, decided that uh, marriage, um, which being the only institution that actually links parents with their children uh, is need no, need no longer be defined as a, a man and a woman. And so they're just reflecting really the dyslexia of our own culture, the sexual dyslexia of our culture, which says boy and boy spells marriage, girl and girl spells marriage. But it doesn't matter how much the liberal judges play with this, uh, it doesn't. One of the most um, interesting things to me with the court's finding was that they said the purpose of DOMA was to injure and disparage But uh, the whole purpose of any kind of definition is to limit. That's the purpose of uh, a a definition, that by defining marriage, you limit it. And by limiting it, you say that 
Squares can't be circles, and women can't be fathers, right, and right. marriage is between a man and all a right. woman. So it becomes a, an argument of semantics. So Greta Vosper, I mean, if it uh, could the uh, same have been accomplished by not calling it a defense of marriage or marriage, just call it a union? Uh, I, I want to first go back to uh, Joe's uh, recognition that the Ten Commandments um, are on the wall in the Supreme Court uh, and, and suggest that since it only took – uh, a decade maybe for Clinton or for Clinton to figure out that DOMA was a mistake and it should never have been written into law. He never should have signed it that perhaps by now, if there actually was a Moses, he may have tried to rewrite what were in those first tablets that got busted and we have no idea what are on them. And maybe that maybe something like same sex marriage was on those first tablets and that would be on the Supreme Court. And wouldn't that be wonderful? But I, I think that it's not. I really don't care what the definition is around what you call it when two people create uh, 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 a family together, whether they are co- whether they're called married, whether they're called whether it's called a union. What I am concerned about is that uh, when you bring loving people together and you allow them and encourage and give them the supports to raise children in a loving manner that that creates a strong and healthy society and that whatever we can do to ensure that... Gay rights advocates were very, very emphatic that it had to be recognized as a marriage. And that's that's fine. Uh, There's lots of gay families that... Are choosing not to be married. I mean, you can but call no, it marriage, and and that the reason that they wanted it called must. marriage was because John, mm. most of the legal applications spoke of marriage, and rather than going back and rewriting absolutely everything to say, you know, when two people but live together whole, in harmony, you know, or whatever, uh, using the word marriage brought with it all of those legal ramifications. Precisely because because marriage. Uh, isn't a, a loving relationship between You're quite two right. people. It often isn't. It, uh, in the sense that it's not just a personal consumer choice. That's the whole point of marriage law. It's to do with kinship. It's to do with inheritance. Most people, average person in the street, has no idea the detail that the whole revamping of the entire structure of our society that's going on when you actually try and redefine marriage. And that's why I'm saying you can't legislate against what is essentially an oxymoron. There is no such thing as gay marriage. Marriage is a permanent relationship. It creates a bond, a permanent bond between two people that has certain legal binding obligations and involves procreation of children and kinship and everything and inheritance and everything else. If if two 55, two 65-year-olds want to get married, can they not get married because they can't procreate? No, but of course they can marry. Uh, Children is considered not solely for procreation. I didn't say it was solely for procreation. If that's the limit. But we I mean, delimit, we do delimit in, by defining, we also discriminate in marriage, however we define it, we discriminate in it, because we say that a 12-year-old can't get married. We say that it's unhealthy for an 11 or 12-year-old, we say that children are not able to enter into a marriage covenant. Uh, we'll also say that I can't marry, I can't marry my situation. daughter, I can't mar- why can't I marry my first all right, cousin? So we've got a, a okay. new definition but, here, and this is, alright, Greta, you want to... I just, one of these, I'm just, I want Joe... Tell me, yeah. do you think that if, we, if DOMA had not been set aside, mm-hmm. if we had not had these kinds of laws in Canada, do you think that that would stem the, the shift and the change that's happening within okay. marriage and within relationships? That's a very, I mean, that's a very good, I that's a very good question. I think I would actually say you're right. I don't think that uh, 
what I've said is that actually what the court has done, it set aside 125 years worth of of its own rulings. This is totally arbitrary by the Supreme Court. But we always do that. We're always setting aside our own rulings. No, we use precedent. We use legal precedent. The 4B ruling by the Supreme Court, which is terrible, was setting aside its own ruling. Well, we were also told back in the the Lawrence versus Texas case that the striking down of sodomy laws wasn't going to lead to a recognition of gay marriage. The Supreme Court in this in this case referred to the very same uh, case and said that it's this case which shows that we need to recognize it. So I'm not suggesting that uh, basically law and education both reflect the religion of a culture. Okay, so I'm saying that they are reflecting the sexual dyslexia of our culture. They're not re- defining it in the sense that they're making up uh, these ideas. This is what the culture is saying to the to the courts in that respect. Which is why the polygamists are happy too, because they believe with a redefinition here, uh, they think that it's inevitable now that uh, multiple partners or marriages uh, is just gonna it's gonna happen precisely. Com- and by it, well, for better for worse, Greta Bosper, um, it's not my choice. But I don't know that if if a household can create a loving environment with multiple partners and ensure that. Uh, any children uh, born and cared for or raised within that household are done so in, a, in an appropriate and loving manner, then but what I'm not is going loving to become prescriptive. Isn't that part of the problem here? We keep talking about this personal decision of two consenting people or four consenting people, if you have the TDSB gets its way, or five consenting people to live together in a loving relationship. What We've got to define what a loving relationship looks like. Now, that used to mean, in terms of the Ten Commandments, which weren't rewritten by Moses or redrafted after they were broken, if Jesus is to be believed. Now, I know that definitions aren't so important to you because... You're a Christian, but God doesn't exist, and Jesus wasn't raised from the dead and everything else. So, But definitions give us meaning, they give us rationality, and they enable us to have a rational conversation. And, but, uh, okay, but the definitions are always contextual. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we create our own understanding of definitions of terms. Uh, and we so always you can have do. a polygamist so marriage, is what you're saying. It's possible, a polygamist marriage. You're saying that... Is possible. Well, the, you're, the, you're, the history of polygamy stay. is often not in the favor of women, and so well, I have some challenges but with that. Okay. And so we'd need some very serious legal uh, care taken in just saying, "Yeah, this is okay." Because but you I'm don't not frown sure. on it. You don't say it's a union between a man and a woman or two people expressly. You're saying it opens things up, and you're not uh, deriding that. You're not. You're you're willing to accommodate that, is what you're saying. I'm saying that in the right conditions, with the right understandings, that I I would not want to be prescriptive around it. But that's the problem. What are the right understandings? And that's what exactly, are, what which are is right why I'm hesitating to say that, Joe. I'm agreeing sure. with no, you, I'm of sure. course. It's but, difficult. Well, 1,500 years of Western history have given us the right prescriptions, and that, that's why our civilization has survived. And that's what the Supreme that's what the Supreme Court has said. But 1,500 years ago... Women weren't people. Uh, slavery was rampant. The the, the or child actually all labor eliminated was like a, a the way that the wealthy survived. By the you high know, Middle Ages, slavery was 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 history in in Europe because of Christianity. Women gained their rights because of Christianity. I, I, I think that the history of Christianity, if you want to talk about slavery, is not exactly as lovely as you would like to well, suggest. Well, we can discuss that. Would be a bit off topic, but I'm happy to go well, there. Well, I want to stay on topic. I want to. St- this bit is a big <laughs> development. Uh, the Defense of Marriage Act has fallen by the boards. Now, you've got polygamists, for example, saying, well, uh, since the definition has changed, why not accommodate us too? And uh, we can have a loving family, uh, multiple 
wives, husbands, if uh, you want to say that. Uh, this is a lifestyle that now is feeling its own. But see, it's John, very- even you're going there, even you're going into the question around polygamy, recognizes that the question around gay marriage is really a non-issue anymore. So well, we're going to go. We're going. We have to go. Well, to that's the next step. But, but there is this escalator effect, or there is a, a, a ratcheting up to, uh, or casting your net to another, another shore. I'm just saying, is there a line that ever will get drawn in the sand once you've established? Right, and there's no logical stopping point with progressivism or regressivism back to uh, paganism in the context of marriage and the family. If you don't draw the line somewhere, it's the next group of people will say, well, I love so-and-so. We've got a, a case in the U.S. where a professor is having a sexual relationship with his consenting daughter. Who is to say that two consenting adults can't enter into these loving contracts if, if we can't actually define well, love and Well, that's the question. That's the question now is uh, the genie out of the bottle, for better, for worse. And when we've got the polygamists saying that uh, this is a great day because, uh, well, the nuclear family, the traditional family, in quotation, is dead. Is that for better or for worse? I ask you. The culture war is back. All right, we're back into it with the Reverend Joe Boot. Senior pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and Greta Vosper, minister at the West Hill United Church in Scarborough. And uh, we're talking about this ruling that came down by the Supreme Court in the U.S. of A., very important implications. The Defense of Marriage Act, which sort of held on to traditional marriage, uh, has been scotched, it's uh, scuttled, and uh, the polygamists are saying, well, you know, you've sort of opened the doors now. If you've redefined it, uh, then why don't we get ours and we get our lifestyle also uh, accepted and with all the rights accorded to us if we want to have multiple partners within the confines of whatever, whether we call it a marriage, a union, da-da-da-da. And Greta, you're saying, well, you know, if it's a loving thing and consenting adults, no harm, no foul. I'm just going to call it before we take the callers, and Uh that is that it'll be the man that will be against polygamy. Okay, let's go. The men will be against it? Yeah, because uh, they don't want their women to have other men. So, oh, I see. On, William and Scarrow, let's start with you. Good morning, Oakley Show. Well, Greta, you got it right. Um, I would not want my wife to be uh, going with uh, five or six other men, or I would not want to have five or six other wives, because, quite frankly, I enjoy the traditional view of marriage of having one wife. Uh, however, not only did they get it wrong in striking down Doma, John, but they also, but they also um, violated democracy. The people of California voted on Proposition 8 That's right. democratically. And uh, that uh, was struck down by a bunch of unelected court officials. Yeah, five to four. So uh, the judge-made law argument, is that a valid one here, Joe? There's definitely judicial activism. I mean, I said earlier that in some respects the courts reflect the culture, but at the same time the courts also, uh, through judicial activism, start to overturn the opinions of the people. And this is going on in the UK right now with David Cameron. It's going on in Europe. The Daily Telegraph was covering the secret meetings happening in uh, in Brussels uh, to try and get a number of European uh, Union countries to have this already in place that they can make it a human right right across Europe. And these are without consult, any serious consultation with the population. So I would still say that the majority of people in the United States and in Canada believe that marriage fundamentally is something to be protected, that's special, it's a permanent bond between a man and a woman. And it doesn't matter how much the, you know, intelligentsia or the liberal elites and so forth want to push this other agenda upon people. Uh, 
fundamentally still, for the most part, people still believe there is something significant about two, a mum and dad with their children, kinship, inheritance, marriage, family, grandparents, uncles and aunts, that there is real relationship and that brings All stability right, but in society. If I, if I can interject, though, I, I think that it's important for us to recognise that it, we're always upset if the, if the judiciary overturns a law that uh, was put in place by the people. And yet uh, the other ruling that the Supreme Court made, which is, was about 4B, which had to do with voters' rights, which, uh, tur- which turned a- down um, – uh, which turned down a law which had been in place to, uh, to ensure that states uh, allowed uh, voters' uh, rights right. and, and protected voters' rights right. because there were states – that were voting to prevent certain people from getting to vote based on their literacy rates or blah, 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 which all had a racial undertone. So would we want states to be able to make that kind of a discriminatory thing and vote on it and say, well, it's okay if if you decide that that Hispanics can't right, vote. Now it's, or, it's getting you know, a little like, so, arcane. So I, I get all, your point, what always, you're making. We always get upset so what if you're it's saying not is, what you, our personal right, well, well, Hang on, hang on, Greta. So what you're saying is uh, the judges are right, the Supreme Court is the last resort because it protects minority rights? That's right, but Obama is going after the Supreme Court around the, uh, the 4B ruling all because right, well, he disagrees yeah, The biggest minority it. is individuals, and, and this is all about, even for the Supreme Court, this is about group rights, supposedly protecting some group rights, which no, is I the language. Of, that's true. It's it is. It's the language rights. of social the justice re- court and case social was related guilt. to inheritance tax of an individual. Well, it's, but the, the issue of with respect to federal law versus state law. This is the first time liberal justices are ever concerned about localism in law and protecting the, the, and the state's to, and right that's going to, be very to make its own decisions. Let me okay, grab another caller right. too, Jack in North York. What do you say on this matter? Yeah, hi there. Uh, I have two points. Uh, first, I think it's absolutely not uh, right that we're killing off the traditional nuclear family. It's going to be very detrimental. It already is. We're seeing the effects in society already with, uh, you know, social, social assistance issues and paying into health care and all these other problems that we have to pay for eventually because people don't have uh, a male father, father breadwinner uh, taking care of children, uh, you know, ensuring a discipline of young boys. We, we have this right. major crisis already. Uh, the other thing... Uh, I want to say is uh, this is obviously a result of uh, a very powerful interest group that that this agenda is being shoved down people's throats. Uh, there, it's not that the majority of people agree with us. And the, and the thing that I think has been so effective for this movement is basically what they've done is they've said the one behavior, which is, you know, the act of uh, homosexuality, the actual act of sodomy and, and similar same-sex acts, defines an entire person. As opposed to separating this behavior and saying, you know what, uh, you're a person, we're not going to discriminate you, as, but we do, we will discriminate against this act because this act is unacceptable according to uh, whatever various. All right. So the, also to get back to uh, a, 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 one of the first questions I asked, uh, can you call it a union and still get the same benefit? Does it need to be defined as a marriage? I don't think it should need. I don't think it needs to be defined as a marriage. Uh, I don't really see the point of it. I don't even believe that you know, as a, a union, it needs to be uh, uh, prescribed legally. If you can, if you, if we're talking, and here's the other point I had is that you have, uh, with no disrespect to your guests, but they're both from a Christian tradition. One is a little bit more conservative. One is uh, perhaps very progressive, liberal, reformist, whatever you want to call it. If you want to actually have a cultural war, you got to bring in a, a, a qualified Muslim 
perhaps preacher. I know you had Imam Rockwell or someone, but yeah, if you're going to talk about polygamy and all these things, uh, you know, there's certain forms of union or marriage or whatever that is uh, that are clearly more advantageous, more beneficial, uh, more. Make well, well, cite one, cite one, just for example. Well, po- polygamy, for example, is is has an actual benefit to society. Uh, we can talk about the problem of single mothers on uh, on social assistance. If there's a ma- a man out there wealthy enough to take care of them. Uh, and uh, you know, if he has more than one partner and he takes care of them equally, there should be. There's nothing morally wrong with that. If the women are agreeable to that, there's nothing morally wrong with that. All right. Well, let's uh, just light on that here, uh, Greta. Do you have an issue with that? If the women are agreeable with that, you're saying the women tend to be disadvantaged in these relationships, and that was your big bugaboo. All things being equal, uh, you don't have an issue with that. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. I think that there are complexities that have to be ironed out, and I don't think that just you know Sharia law uh, would be able to identify what all the, and clarify what those complexities would be. I think we'd need to ha- create our own laws around well, it and our own understandings. I'm relieved that she said that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Sharia law is a is a product of, uh, of medievalism, and uh, certainly the Islamic culture but, but, believes. But, but wait, wait! How cer- old are the Ten Commandments here? Oh, they're like, much older than that. I don't think you that. can start throwing stones. Uh, well, the well, first of all, the Sharia law, which is now making actually considerable headway in Europe, there are Sharia courts in England that are operating as almost like a parallel legal and system. And we've made a decision there are not tremendous to allow them to, to function here. Going Absolutely. on with. Yeah. Respect to that. We're agreeing uh, with that. The, the, uh, but uh, certainly, from um, certain contexts in Africa and Asia, they would they would make the argument that uh, uh, without uh, various forms of social assistance, that somehow um, polygamous relationships are better than no marriage. A relationship at all. Now, of course, the Christian world has rejected that notion and said that uh, following Christ, that a marriage is a relationship between one man and one woman for life. This is the environment in which we're to raise families. But this decision by the Supreme Court and what we're, the way we're playing with marriage absolutely opens up the door to this. And I think uh, the Islamic community will certainly want to walk through it well, when sure. polygamy is made available. Well, I think that's inevitable. relationships with or without right. a legal... Hang on. You know, I, I wanted to end on this note because, you know, somebody brought up, I guess, the caller social assistance and whatever. And there's an interesting story out of China where the Chinese have decided that uh, their elderly are being uh, abandoned. And uh, because it's cost prohibitive to care for the aging population, they have mandated now by law that uh, the elderly, these are people over 60, can actually sue their children. Uh, it says the offspring of parents older than 60 should see that their daily financial and spiritual needs are met. In other words, they're legislating morality to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Joe Boot, what do you make of this law in China? Well, uh, to, let, let's, uh, we're going to be facing the same challenge with our aging population. And uh, what this, this is very interesting because there's two things at work here. First of all, um, how are you going to? How is a parent going to sue their children in a context where where the marriage definition has changed? Kinship is completely altered. Who do you sue? Do you sue your gay parents who are, you're not their natural offspring? Do you sue the the sperm donor if he was the for the lesbian couple? I mean, you know, for a start in the West, that's not going to work because you've got no idea who you're supposed to be suing. Second of all, this is all part of the issue that the family is being replaced by the state as the 
uh, defining um, and central institution that defines the social order. So that well, uh, really, by, or wait, is wait, it wait. The, that the state is driving the family to be a tighter? Well, in so. China, in China, the state is trying to address that problem from a familial perspective. What I'm saying is, is that here in uh, the Canadian context, what's happening is if the if the if the family moves out of the picture, if you redefine the family, then all the welfare provision that the family provides. Disappears now in the uh, Chinese context. There, you've got the problem of uh, uh, declining uh, population numbers, and you've got the issue of an aging population. Uh, what's the West solution going to be? Probably not le- legislate that you've got to care for your parents, or you're going to be sued. Probably it's going to be you're going to be switched off by the Liverpool care pathway in a hospital, euthanasia, and all those kind of things. This is the direction <laughs> our culture is going. Let's switch right. off the elderly now. Uh, what do you say, Greta? Uh, as a last word. Well, one, I think it's I think that a it's an attempt to to make the the family and the children financially responsible Which instead they should of the be. state taking taking yeah. on. I think that that the the markings of a good. Uh, a good society is that they care for their elderly and whether that's done by the children or whether that's done by the state it needs to be done and so I think we need to take that responsibility. I do have serious concerns however because I believe that uh, even in our own country, in our own communities the level of elder abuse is astronomically high and is horrific and I don't think uh, that forcing children to care for elderly parents uh, who may never have had a positive relationship with them uh, will not be conducive to well, we're going to have to do that because the conditions. welfare state can't afford to pay for it and this is what's happening is that if the family collapses the elderly will not be cared for and the state cannot continue to pay for all of these things this is the reason why europe is bankrupt well, yes. it's the reason why we're moving into bankruptcy but do we need coercive laws take to women force... out of the economy and make well, them stay law, home and take care of the parents all law is the legislation of morality or it's procedural there too law is a value processing system it helps to teach us values by precept and penalty. That's what the function of law is in a culture. And we may well need laws that require children to take care of their parents if we're not to be completely bankrupt in the future. If we listen to scripture, biblical biblical law, we'd be taking care of our parents anyway. All right. There you have it. We'll end on that note. The Reverend Joe Boot, Senior Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, Greta Vosper, Minister at the West Hill United Church. Thank you both. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.